want to help people get off that addiction roller coaster, but still enjoy the cookie and the chocolate they love. Glucose is your body's favorite source of energy. So your brain, when a glucose spike is happening, calls your pancreas and goes like, hey pancreas, um, we got a glucose spike happening. Can you please send out some insulin? Never having carbs naked or on their own. We've been brainwashed. I'm your host, Sarah Ann Macklin, and I'm on a mission to uncover the maze of health myths around nutrition and well-being and guide you through my seven pillars of health. Join me on a journey of discovery and connection and pull up a pew for a front row seat to the most exclusive health conversations of our time. Welcome to Live Well, Be Well. Jessie is the author of the game-changing book, The Glucose Revolution, and her new one, The Glucose Goddess Method. We vibes a lot in this episode. We made glucose fun, and I really believe it's going to be one of the episodes that you're going to want to share with your friends. I want to know, for our listeners, what are the three reasons you should care about your glucose hacks? Because if you want to feel better today, as in have more energy today, sleep better tonight, have fewer cravings, be less hungry you should steady your glucose levels. And then also, if you want to make sure that as you age, you don't get sicker and sicker and sicker, mm -hmm. maybe you can actually get healthier as you age. Maybe mm -hmm. you can avoid getting Alzheimer's or dementia. Maybe you can reduce your chance of type 2 diabetes or heart disease. That's also a very good reason to care. So short-term and long-term. I love that. I think something that, especially for anyone who's a bit younger, because my dad talks a lot about glucose because he is a diabetic, type 2 diabetic, or was, let me actually say, a type 2 diabetic. We... Reverse that with his diet. Nice. Which I think is highly, highly powerful just to know that you can do that. But most people do not know. Yeah. That's the thing. Most people, when they get a type 2 diabetes diagnosis, they think they're going to be able to, you know, manage it and take medication to manage it. But, but really, it is a reversible disease that you can put into remission most of the times. But it does require some diet changes, mm -hmm. right? But it doesn't have to be like an extreme, awful diet where you never eat carbs ever again. You can do it through my hacks, which are quite friendly mm -hmm. as habits. Well, they are because you love sugar, don't you? I'm obsessed with sugar, <laughs> no, actually. So I was uh, I was coming to London and, you know, in Paris at the Eurostar, they have this uh, Alain Ducasse, the chocolate uh, mm -hmm. shop. And I was like, man, I really want to buy a chocolate box. So I did. And so when I'm in my hotel room, I just love eating chocolate. So I eat the chocolate. It's delicious. But I use the hacks to reduce their impact on my health. And I think that's what's great because I really want to go into these hacks and I really want to understand, you know, why these glucose spikes and dips, which I kind of want to come on to and explain why, are detrimental for our health. So before we go to the detrimental side, shall we just kind of cover, because I love that you're like, I love, I love sugar. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's one of these things that sometimes when we can demonize something so much, a lot of people can just switch off because they just think, well, I'm going to eat sugar. I don't quite know how to take this information. So let's and just... listen, I was one of the people who would do a, you know, 1st of January resolution this year. I'm not ever going to eat sugar. You know, when you get into these relationships with food mm. that are super unhealthy and, and don't mm -hmm. make any sense long term. This is the thing. So I think the number one thing is that we're not demonizing. We're trying to show you how you can, when you opt for that, make it a little bit healthier. So that you can get all the joy and the pleasure from the carbs and the sugar mm -hmm. with a bit less impact on your health and without kicking off the addiction roller coaster. Because that's that's the problem. Usually when you have one piece of chocolate, then you want more. And then it's two hours later and you've had 25 cookies. So do you think it's addictive, sugar? Absolutely. For, for multiple reasons. One, because it releases dopamine, the pleasure hormone in your mm -hmm. brain. But also because it creates a glucose spike. And mm -hmm. then after that spike, 90 minutes later comes a drop. And that drop activates the craving center in your brain. Literally, you kick off 
a roller coaster of craving sugar for the rest of the day. So that's really what we want to avoid. Because I guess when that drops, you then like, well, I need to get back up. Exactly. So you want more sugar, and then you drop again. Mm-hmm. And I think. You know, it's it's quite something that we are all, we can all relate to this feeling of when you've had something sweet in the morning, then you just keep wanting more throughout the day. So there's mm-hmm. multiple pathways through which this is addictive, mm-hmm. and I want to help people get off that addiction roller coaster, but still enjoy the cookie and the chocolate they love. I just don't want them to feel controlled by the mm. urge to find anything sweet. Mm-hmm. You know that feeling, that craving when you just can't stop it. And you're it. like, wherever I am, I'm at the train station. I need to eat some sugar. That's, that's me. That's not PMS. That's not enjoyable. Yeah, but that's not enjoyable, right? You feel no. like controlled by the urge, mm-hmm. and I want to get people out of the being controlled by the sugar world and into the enjoying it for pleasure mm-hmm. world. So let's just try a bit of science before yeah. we get into the hacks, right? Oh yeah, we got to explain everything from We've the beginning. We've got to explain it. So the spikes. Well, so first we need to start with what is glucose? Well, let's start with glucose. Okay. okay. Let's start. I mean, I'm just so excited to get on to so many things. I'm <laughs> trying okay. to cram it in. Okay, what is glucose? Okay, glucose is your body's favorite source of energy. Mm-hmm. So anybody listening to this episode, right now your brain is burning glucose so that you can hear us, understand, make sense of it. If you're moving any part of your body right now, your muscles are using glucose to be able to contract and move you. Every organ, every cell in your body Mm -hmm. uses glucose for energy. Mm -hmm. So it's really important. Mm -hmm. And as human beings, the main way that we give, that we provide this essential glucose to Mm -hmm. our body is by eating two categories of foods, Mm -hmm. mostly. Starches, so Mm -hmm. that's bread, pasta, rice, potatoes, oats, Mm -hmm. and sugars, anything that tastes sweet. Mm -hmm. From my favorite chocolate drizzle triple layer fudge cake to (laughs) an apple. (laughs) So So different. So starches and sugars give glucose to your body. Mm -hmm. And you might think, okay, well, if my body needs glucose, Mm -hmm. I should just eat as many starches and sugars as possible, right? Mm -hmm. To give it a maximum amount of energy. Well, that's not, that's where the logic breaks down. Mm -hmm. And I love taking the image of a plant. Do you have any plants at home? I have a house full of plants because they're very good for your mental health. Good. So you know that Mm -hmm. your plants need some water to live. Mm -hmm. But what happens if you give them way too much water? They start dying. Exactly. And the human body is the same. Mm. Some glucose, fantastic. Too much glucose, lots of problems start happening. And talk why. Talk about kind of how it floods the cell. Mm -hmm. I think that's something that's just for people to conceptualize. Because I think we always hear like, it causes inflammation or it causes this in the body. But how? Yeah. How? I want to tell you exactly how. So when you eat a lot of carbs and sugars at once, Mm -hmm. you're going to experience what's called a glucose spike, which is a rapid increase in concentration or amount of glucose in your body. Mm -hmm. And these spikes have consequences. So physiologically, like on the inside, what happens? There are three main things that happen. So, you know, I told you glucose is your body's favorite source of energy. Mm -hmm. Well, The little factories in charge of turning glucose into energy are your mitochondria, Mm -hmm. okay? The powerhouse. The powerhouse of your cell. (laughs) In each and every one of your cells, there are loads of mitochondria, and their job is receiving glucose, making energy, receiving glucose, making energy. The problem is when they receive too much glucose at mm-hmm. once, like during a glucose spike, mm-hmm. they freak out. They're like, oh, my God, can't, what is all this stuff arriving? <laughs> oh, la, la, cannot handle. They go on strike. They're like, get stressed out. It's overwhelming. It's like too much information, too yep. much stuff to deal with. I cannot. I'm just shutting down. And that means that your cell is not making energy effectively anymore. And mm-hmm. you feel that. Mm-hmm. You feel chronically fatigued. You're eating all these carbs. But your mitochondria, because they're super stressed out, Mm -hmm. they're not making energy well Mm -hmm. anymore, so you're tired. 
So that's the first thing that happens. The second thing that happens in your body when you have a glucose spike is kind of like when you put chicken in an oven and it goes from pink to brown. It has cooked and it has glycated. The glycation is doing the cooking. Mm. A human being, from the moment they're born, mm -hmm. they start cooking on the mm -hmm. inside. I know this sounds weird, but it's true. Through this process of glycation. And then when you're fully cooked, you die. I know it sounds really weird, but it's actually what happens. Scientifically, glycation wow. is happening. And you're browning on the inside like the chicken in the oven. So, for example, if you look at the cartilage of a baby, it's yeah. white. Mm -hmm. If you look at the cartilage of a person who's 100 years old, it is brown because it has glycated. So, glycation and glucose kind of sound similar. They do, yeah. And it's because it's glucose that does the glycating. So the lower the glucose, the, the lower, lower the, the glycation. glycation. Yep. <gasps> so the more glucose is in your body, the more glucose spikes you are experiencing, the faster you are cooking, the faster you are glycating, and the faster you are aging. Because glycation shows on your skin as wrinkles, but also slowly ages your organs within. Wow. Yeah. I mean, if people don't listen to the type 2 diabetes chat, they're going to listen to the aging chat. I know. And the cool thing is, <laughs> the cool thing is, it's the same concepts that help you put diabetes into remission and that also help you have fewer wrinkles. Amazing. So, you know, whatever your whatever your reason for doing the hacks is, you just just come over, There's guys. There's multitudes of them. And yeah. the last thing that happens in your body when you spike, uh, and by the way, the mitochondria and the glycation also increase inflammation which shows on your skin as acne, rosacea, psoriasis, and your mm -hmm. joints as arthritis. You, mm -hmm. just not, you just don't feel very mm -hmm. well. Inflammation is one of the driving causes of death. Of chronic and, disease. Exactly. Mm -hmm. It's a nightmare. And so all this stuff is happening when you have a glucose spike. And your body knows mm. that this glucose spike is really bad. It knows mm -hmm. it's having these consequences. Mm -hmm. So it has a really cool trick that it uses to get the glucose levels down. So your brain, when a glucose spike is happening, calls your pancreas and goes like, hey, pancreas, um, we got a glucose spike happening. Can you please send out some insulin to get this glucose down? So your pancreas sends out this hormone called insulin. And insulin grabs all the extra excess glucose flowing around and stores it into different storage units, your muscles, your liver, and your fat cells. And that's one of the ways that you gain fat on your body. But the problem with insulin is that over time, too much insulin leads to type 2 diabetes. And that is me on my soapbox about why glucose spikes are bad for you. Clear glowing skin is something many of us crave. I know I certainly do. And we're always looking for the next cream, serum, or toner to get that fresh face look. But one thing we know for sure is that it's not just what we put on our skin, but it's what we put into our body that has the real impact. That means, yes, you guessed it, good skin always starts with our gut. This is something I passionately believe in because so many elements of our overall well-being actually start in the gut. There is an amazing new regime that I've been using, the first of its kind in fact, that combines these two elements. Bringing together skincare and a supplement routine is a revolutionary step. This was created with the support of Professor Glenn Gibson, who has the most cited nutritional science paper ever written and coined the term prebiotic. The regime includes four hero products and it couldn't be easier. A day pill, a day cream, a night pill, and a night cream. And it doesn't just support our skin health. It's even been shown to help support improve sleep, energy, mood, 
and focus. So you've got two options if you want to give this a go. The regime is a one-time purchase, such good value because it's like getting the supplements for free. Or you can join the You're Looking Well Club where each quarter you'll get a 90-day supply of supplements and cream. But it's not just these products because there's plenty of other benefits such as free facials, yoga classes, Pilates classes, member-only events and access to a confidential dietitian mailbox. Head to ylwclub.com to upgrade your skincare regime now. Try today and get the first week on us using the code LIVEWELL25 at checkout. 30-day money-back guarantee. If somebody hasn't listened to this and perked up on why it's important to listen to glucose, I don't know what else is going to change people's minds. <laughs> and I mean, we have got a whole array of food here that we're going to go through. I'm very excited, we're gonna, actually. We're going to start going through because I think some of these are the products that most people might go to on a supermarket sweep, which was quite a famous Channel 4 programme. So before we get to that, the one thing that I just really want to kind of get out there in the beginning is what's one of the biggest misconceptions that you just want to get rid of regarding glucose? That glucose only matters if you have diabetes. Because yes, if you have diabetes, mm -hmm. managing your glucose levels is going to help you put it into remission. Mm -hmm. But even if you don't have diabetes, if you have things like cravings, excessive hunger, chronic fatigue, poor sleep, bad skin, fertility problems, hormonal issues, difficult menopause, brain fog, mental health issues, all of these things are linked to glucose spikes. So you should really learn to flatten your glucose levels because it's going to help you feel so much better. So much better. And I think that's the really important thing, right? I don't know if you think about this, but definitely in Western medicine, we kind of only worry about the problem when it's there and it's arrived. Yeah, because doctors are not really trained in prevention. They're trained mm -hmm. in what is your disease? How do I treat it? Mm -hmm. Right? But we also need to complement this great skill that they have with people who are specialized in prevention and how do we even prevent problems from happening in the first place mm -hmm. and this is typical you know you you'll get your fasting glucose levels measured once a year and your doctor won't say anything until you're pre-diabetic even if you're just like really close to being pre-diabetic mm -hmm. they won't say anything because it's not it's not in their frame of reference mm -hmm. so we need to do the work to understand how do we help our health now and prevent these issues from happening and can you just touch upon their fasting glucose yeah right? and then there's postprandial which is around two hours after you uh -huh. eat, what's more important to look at? I mean, they're both important. <laughs> I know, but I'm really putting you on the okay, spot. <laughs> okay, so fasting glucose is great. You measure it once a year, mm -hmm. and it tells you if you have prediabetes or type 2 diabetes. And it's mm -hmm. measuring the amount of glucose in your body when you're fasted after sleeping. Mm -hmm. So if it's under uh, the UK units, sometimes they're difficult for me, but if it's under 100 milligrams per deciliter, you're considered normal. If it's over 126, you're considered to have type 2 diabetes. And I want to do the conversions for you uh, in the minimals afterwards. But even if your fasting glucose is normal, you can still be experiencing glucose spikes on a daily basis. And so mm. the postprandial thing means that you're measuring glucose after eating, during the whole day. You're looking at the curve on a daily basis instead of one snapshot once a year. Mm -hmm. So they're both important. Mm -hmm. Another thing that's important is also fasting insulin. Because as I explained, too much insulin over time leads to type 2 diabetes. And your insulin levels will rise for a decade before mm -hmm. your fasting glucose will rise. Mm -hmm. So fasting insulin helps you detect earlier whether or not you're on the way to type 2 diabetes. And how can people do that at home? Uh, you have to go to the doctor for fasting insulin. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I think that's really important to just put out there. So fasting glucose and fasting insulin, you have to go to your doctor and ask for it. But I think anybody can 
feel into their body and say, hey, do I ever feel like I have these cravings for sugar? Do I ever feel like the chocolate bar in the back of the cupboard is calling my name? Do I ever feel exhausted? Mm -hmm. Does my to-do list never seem to be getting shorter? Do I have no energy to go to the grocery store or play with my kids? Mm. All of those signs, we are actually able mm -hmm. to notice them ourselves. Mm -hmm. And we can, we can tell if we're doing better or worse. And by using the hacks, you can quite easily feel better without mm. necessarily having to measure continuously or once a year your glucose. So mm -hmm. I really recommend people learn to listen to their body. I totally agree. It's something that I I really try to do with myself is asking myself every morning, how do I feel? Some days I feel great, some days I feel like crap. And when you feel like crap, or when I feel like crap anyway, it's really hard, even as a nutritionist, to make those healthy decisions. Yeah. I know I know what's good for me, but I just don't have the energy to do it. Because your your body is going to be craving that dopamine, mm. that pleasure hormone in your brain when you feel tired, stressed, heartbroken. I mean, come on, like, every time I had a heartbreak, I would grab the Ben & Jerry's chocolate ice cream immediately because mm -hmm. it's going to give you that dopamine that you're craving, mm -hmm. the pleasure molecule, because you feel awful. So these are not things that we can really fight that we should try to apply too much willpower mm -hmm. to because it's a recipe for disaster. I yeah. think if you're having a shit day and you want to eat a bunch of chocolate, use the hacks so that you can do that with less impact on your health. Okay, so let's go to the hacks. Now I'm trying to figure out, I know in your first book there's 10 hacks. Yep. Second book, we've four. gone to four. Mm -hmm. Why? So, what, yeah, why? <laughs> and I like, do I, I don't want to go over all the 10, but maybe we just quickly go you just name the 10. Yeah, of course. And then we say, why did you pick these four? Of course. Well, okay, let me tell you why first. So after the first book with the 10 hacks came out, people asked me how to start. Mm -hmm. They wanted a very clear step-by-step -step guide. They wanted me to move in with them, actually, and help <laughs> them do the hacks on a daily basis. So, Imagine. So let's go for the 10 hacks. So in the first book, there's 10 hacks. The first one is eating your food in the right order. Veggies first, then proteins and fats, and then carbs. Having a veggie starter at the beginning of your meals to harness the power of fiber. Having a savory breakfast, not a sweet one. Mm -hmm. When you want to eat something sweet, having it as dessert, not mm -hmm. as a snack on an empty stomach. Super, super, super important. After you eat, move and use your muscles for 10 minutes to soak mm -hmm. up some of that excess glucose the vinegar hack, the very famous vinegar that hack that we can cover in a second. Uh, and putting clothing on your carbs, which mm. means never having carbs naked or on their own, always mm -hmm. making sure they're wrapped with protein, fat, or fiber. And finally, having savory snacks, not sweet snacks. Mm -hmm. So those are the 10 hacks. And then the four most important ones in the second book in the method are savory breakfast, mm -hmm. okay, vinegar, mm -hmm. veggie starter, and movement. Those are the ones to start with, mm -hmm. and then you should definitely learn the other ones and layer them on when you can. Okay, so why those four? Because scientifically, they're the most powerful. Um, they're the most powerful ones, and you kind of they're kind of non-negotiables. Mm. You cannot study your glucose levels if you don't learn these. I absolutely love interviews like this one, which give you so much useful advice for your own life. And if it's helped you, this is an invitation to join my inner circle. It will give you exclusive access to a host of things, expert written articles, nutritious, delicious recipes, your own members hub newsletter, podcast plus, and also products and discounts decided by me for you. 
for one very small investment, it will help guide and support your health. If you use the code SAMCOMMUNITY, you can get 20% off your Inner Circle membership. Just head to www.sarahannemacklin.com. Okay, so let's start with the number one. Yeah. Breakfast. Um, let's start with breakfast. Mm, Savory breakfast. breakfast food over there. I do have some breakfast food. I'm, maybe I entwine this with the supermarket sweep. So this is, I think, I'm actually, poor my father, don't want to call him out, but this is his favourite breakfast. Now, you can imagine my pain knowing that this is his favourite breakfast, knowing that he was a type 2 diabetic. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think if you're not watching this on YouTube, this is Fruit and Fibre, which from is Kellogg's. basically from, yeah, from oh, yeah, let's just call out the brand, from Kellogg's, which is nuts, raisins and And it says on the, on the package, fuels a healthy gut. So the messaging, it actually says high in superior fibre as well. That's so funny. Yeah, the marketing stuff really gets to me. Mm -hmm. And I think we need so much more regulation to prevent ultra-processed foods like this from having these Mm -hmm. health halos and health claims on them. Mm -hmm. Can I I see the package? Yeah, see it. Okay, so this is not a savory breakfast. No. So let's look at the ingredients. Uh, Okay, so we have wheat, we have dried fruit, we have apple, we have sugar, barley extract, etc. So... This is pure carbs, right? Because wheat is a starch. And then the dried fruit, sugar, apple, sugar, sugar is sugar. And we have a little bit of hazelnuts in there. A a sweet breakfast is a breakfast that is pure carbs. So Mm -hmm. pure starches and sugars. And this exactly fits the bill of a sweet breakfast that's going to cause a big glucose spike. So after you eat a bowl of this, even if you add milk and some protein, etc., you're going to get a big glucose spike. And then an hour and a half later, you're going to be hungry and have cravings. Mm -hmm. And you've kicked off the roller coaster for the day. Mm-hmm. And it's tough to get off of it. Instead of having breakfast like this or even you granola. Know, granola, fruit juice, acai bowls, mm-hmm. muesli, oats with honey, you need to switch to a savory breakfast that mm-hmm. is built around protein. Okay. Because that will keep you full, help your mitochondria produce energy really well. You're going to have like eagle energy for the whole day. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden you can do the stuff on your to-do list. Mm -hmm. Like it is that immediate, the Mm -hmm. impact of the the savory breakfast on your body. Mm -hmm. So built around protein, you can have some fat in there, some fiber if you want, but very importantly, avoid anything sweet, except if you want some whole fruit. Okay. So a good example of a savory breakfast is an omelet with Mm -hmm. a piece of toast. It is a Greek yogurt with some nuts and some maybe like peanut butter in there. It is leftovers from your dinner. Mm -hmm. It is whatever is savory in your fridge. You can make a little like, I don't know, like tuna, hummus, avocado, lemon salad thing. Mm. Yeah, right? Mm. And I have loads of recipes in my book to help people get started. But that is the cornerstone Mm -hmm. of steady glucose. So what about a traditional French breakfast? Oh, the croissant. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's not that great. It is not that great. But, you know, in France, we also eat a lot of of Mm -hmm. omelettes. You'll find at any French restaurant an omelette for breakfast. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, you should avoid pastries because that's going to create a big spike. That's the thing. Yeah. And I know this isn't part of the first hack, but it's something that I'm just thinking about as breakfast because, I mean, I'm slightly addicted. Um, and, it, and I can't work without it, is coffee. Yeah. So when we're just thinking about starting our breakfast, how does coffee play a role in that? So I'm going to tell you how I do mine, and you can tell me if I'm right or wrong. I, I don't want to say I'm an intermittent faster, but I'm somebody who normally finishes my dinner at around 7.30, and I'll probably have a coffee the moment I wake up, about 7.30. It's not black. It's got oat milk in it. 
Oh my so, god! Yeah, I know. This is why we're getting into it. I think I have I to f- leave. I feel like you're not going <laughs> to be my friend I, anymore. I go, guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the vulnerability. <laughs> um, okay, and, give, give me the okay, oat milk. Give I'm going to give you the oat milk. Okay. Because um, I've also got normal milk here. Um, okay. And then I will probably sit down because that's my most productive part of my day, as we just spoke about before this interview. Um, where I'll do quite a few te- quite a few hours of intense work. And then I might have some blueberries and then I'll normally have my main kind of meal around 11 mm-hmm. and break my fast mm-hmm. with like whatever I've got, either an omelette or avocado on toast or something like that. Yeah. Um, I don't really think it through, but that's the kind of rhythm that I've got into. Okay. So first of all, it's not a huge deal. Like I talk about oat <laughs> milk a lot because I want people to understand what it is. But uh-huh. if, you're, if you love it and it's like making you so happy, like of course, keep drinking it. But oat milk is oats turned into juice. Okay. It's kind of the same thing as making pasta milk. So imagine wow. you take pasta. Sounds disgusting. Yeah. You take pasta, <laughs> you blend it with water until it becomes liquid. Mm-hmm. That would be pasta milk. This is oat milk. They do the same thing with oats. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you're basically eating liquid starch. And starch okay. turns to glucose when you digest it. So, yeah, you're now And then they the also bell. add some nice unhealthy rape, rape, rapeseed oil. Some nice... Uh, Is that how you say it? Omega-6. Uh, rapeseed. Wow, rapeseed oil. <laughs> uh, and lots of just random stuff in there. <laughs> I just so, noticed that. <laughs> it's a bit weird. But listen, so this is starch. This is going to create a spike. Um, if you love it go for it but it's much better to have whole milk or to have some unsweetened almond milk because when you take a milk from a nut like almonds coconut macadamia pistachios those nuts are not very starchy they contain Mm. protein and healthy fats and fiber and so you're making a milk or a juice that is uh, way less concentrated in glucose and is actually better for your glucose levels wow okay one other thing you could do i used to drink almond milk but i thought it was bad for the environment it is bad for the environment listen everything has how do you navigate this it's you have to you have to decide you know what's more important for this specific item Mm -hmm. it's difficult there's no perfect solution ideally you have your coffee black right but one thing you could do to reduce the spike from the oat milk mm-hmm. is have a few almonds before. So a little a little handful of nuts. You could have some anti-spike before to reduce the spike because I know a lot of people get a lot of pleasure from the oat milk. Mm-hmm. So if you love it, you can also have it, I know for you it wouldn't work, but after breakfast instead of before to also reduce the spike. Because I've heard you talk about that. That's mm-hmm. why I wanted to mention coffee. Yeah. So I am someone that just needs a coffee to get my brain going. I get it. And I put that down to my days of being living in New York, where everyone lived on coffee, and somehow I became on that train. Yeah. So for the last ten years, I can't remember really a morning, unless I've been sick, where I've just like I don't want coffee. I'm not starting my morning with you. coffee, I'm right? Saying. But you're saying one of the best things for glucose is to have food, protein, yep. savory, and then your coffee. Yes, I mean you can have it. coffee before your breakfast, and you can have it afterwards. But in the case of oat milk, mm-hmm. it's better to try to have it after your breakfast instead of before, because that way there's already food in your stomach, and so the glucose from the oat milk is going to arrive more slowly into your bloodstream. So it's not flooding. You see what it. I mean? Yeah. But listen, and why the almonds? Oh, yeah. because the almonds also are going to have that same sort of impact. They're going to mm. coat the oat milk with protein and fat and fiber in the almonds. Therefore, reduce the speed at which the glucose from the oat milk is arriving into your bloodstream. It's all about how do you reduce Mm -hmm. the speed of arrival of the glucose in your blood so that you Mm -hmm. reduce the velocity of the spike. Mm -hmm. You want to, instead of a Himalayans, you want like a sort of rolling hill of glucose. 
And that's actually really important to understand, right? Because a lot of people, which I think we're going to disagree with as well, as well as me, is a flat line. Like, you don't want a flat line. You do want a little bit of well, a movement because flatlining isn't always if you healthy. Become, if you become obsessed with your glucose levels and you wear a glucose monitor and you're like, I need my glucose to be flat all the time, you can actually achieve that in really unhealthy ways. Mm. Like, for example, if you added, I don't know, lots of butter to your oat milk coffee, it would reduce the spike of the oats because the fat is going to slow down the starch breakdown, mm -hmm. right? But that doesn't mean it's better for you. Or mm. if you add alcohol to a meal, it's going to reduce the spike of that meal. But also doesn't mean it's good for you. Mm. And if you exercise, you usually see a very normal glucose spike from exercising. And so you might think, if you're wearing a glucose monitor and you think that flat glucose is the objective, you might add a lot of fat to your diet, add a lot of alcohol to your diet, and stop exercising. Do you see what I mean? It's just the good Three you go things too far. that we don't want to do. Exactly. Sarah, when I'm producing episodes of this podcast, my mind can sometimes feel a bit hectic. Trying to remember everything, making sure things don't get missed. Today is different, though. I'm genuinely feeling a little bit too calm. What on earth is going on with me? Sam, have you forgotten already? Well, what are you talking about? Remember, I gave you something new to try today. You texted me this morning, literally this morning, to say that you were feeling, and I quote, less stressed than ever before. Wait, I think, I think I'm just coming to my senses. I forgot I was even wearing this thing. It sounds like your Sensei device is doing just its thing. And I've been wearing mine actually every evening before I go to bed, which really helps me to unwind and reduce my anxiety. Well, my mind was in such a zen state, I forgot I was even wearing this. So can you just explain to the listeners what we're talking about so they don't think we've gone totally mad? Okay, so this device is called Sensate, and it really helps by relaxing something called the vagus nerve. Uh, you know I'm always learning something new when I'm working on this show, which is great, but I don't know anything about my vagus nerve, so please tell me more. So you know those moments when you get knots in your stomach and we're feeling quite stressed. That's the vagus nerve in action. It's the nerve that communicates between our body's main organs, often called the gut-brain superhighway. So basically, it controls how your body reacts to stress. So toning this nerve can be really important to helping you improve digestion, heart health, and even your breathing rate. It really sounds like a lot of people could benefit from calming down this nerve. Absolutely. I think we all need help toning our vagus nerve because it really does help calm you down. So what Sensate does is it's an infrasound resonance device that when you open it with the app and you pop on your headphones and you pop the Sensate device over your chest, it emits these vibrational tones that work on your vagus nerve and beautiful soundscapes that help provide a deep sense of calm and relaxation. I'm very grateful to have one of these to calm the mayhem of modern life. And Sensei have made this season of the podcast possible, so they're easing many anxieties in one go. Now, how can people try it? So if you really want to experience a sense of calm like Sam and I, just go to getsensate.com and use the code Sarah Ann for 10% off your order. Now, this is the perfect gift for you for self-care. Just don't fall asleep when you're listening to this episode. And there is a huge rise of glucose, which I think is really interesting because it allows people to personalize a bit more. And it's very motivating. And you see like, wow, my, my body is actually responding 
so quickly to the food that I'm eating. But mm-hmm. if you want to wear a glucose monitor, get my first book, Glucose Revolution, because it's going to give you information and context mm. to actually make sense of it. Because that data is difficult to understand. I don't recommend everybody wears a glucose monitor mm. at all. I think you can get so much benefit by just doing this, these hacks for free, by the way, mm-hmm. without needing to wear a glucose monitor. Mm-hmm. But if you do wear one, make sure you have information and education. Can agree more. So one, number two, <laughs> number straight two is on vinegar. So listen, you know you're a scientist too, and sometimes you're faced with data and clinical trials. Well, you are just so surprised mm. at the results. And for vinegar, it was kind of the same situation. I I started seeing all these clinical trials on vinegar, showing that one tablespoon of vinegar before a meal in a big glass of water can reduce the glucose spike of the meal by up to thirty percent. Okay, without changing what you're going to eat afterwards. Isn't that amazing that it's how you eat, not necessarily what you eat, that has a massive impact? Mm -hmm. Just even that concept for people to remember, right? Post this episode, how Mm -hmm. you eat. Mm -hmm. It's a big thing. It's a big thing. It's a big thing because everything coexists. And for your glucose levels, it matters so much what order combination with what after what you're eating. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So listen, vinegar is super powerful because it contains a really cool molecule called acetic acid. You're really taking me back to my days now. Yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) And acetic acid slows down the breakdown of food into glucose molecules, Mm -hmm. very simply. Um, But you have to be very careful with vinegar because there's a lot of stuff on the market, a lot of supplements Mm. like vinegar gummies and vinegar pills. Because I always get the question, okay, Jesse, I don't like the taste of vinegar. Can I take some capsule or some pill to replace it? And the answer is no. You should not trust the vinegar gummies or supplements on the market. Either have the real vinegar in the tablespoon or I'm launching a new product anti-spike that is here it is it's on youtube lift it up exactly that is actually the ultimate way to support your glucose levels with 100 percent natural all plants capsule and this you take it before a meal and it's even more powerful than vinegar it reduces the glucose spike by 40 percent but you have to pay for it so depends do you want to go super cheap vinegar and not spend a lot of money or if you want the best in the game and you can afford it this is this is the way to go okay i want to come back to what's in that in a minute but just to say on the on the vinegar part teeth dilute <laughs> should we just speak in one word now <laughs> so always have the vinegar in water never as a shot and I've spoken uh-huh. to many dentists about this um, many many dentists so as long as you're not doing a vinegar shot mm-hmm. and it's diluted you're not going to be harming the enamel of your teeth if you have very sensitive teeth and you want extra protection use a straw I always think about that with teeth whitening they always say to drink through a straw if, yeah. I mean, I had it done I once. Feel, isn't it so and weird? I couldn't not have coffee. I was like, I just cannot compromise. And don't he was like, just drink feel through a straw. super sensitive afterwards? Hypersensitive. Oh, I don't like that idea at all. Yeah, I mean, I didn't finish the course and never done it again. So it was a waste of money. <laughs> a complete waste of money. Um, but thinking about vinegar, the last thing I'm thinking the listeners are going to want to know any vinegar apple cider yes. vinegar is the, the one the cheapest that's... vinegar from the corner store works you don't have to Love have that. expensive apple cider fermented with the mother stuff you don't need all that stuff you just need the most basic vinegar if you you know different vinegars have different tastes so mm-hmm. apple cider vinegar is quite popular and trendy right now it works but also I'm a big fan of white vinegar which mm. actually tastes quite smooth mm. but be careful about the balsamic vinegar because that contains a lot of extra sugar. Mm-hmm. And listen, you can have balsamic vinegar, it's delicious. But if you're trying to do the vinegar hack, 
it's not it's not don't the, drink the syrup vinegar yeah don't be like oh this is good for my glucose levels glue 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 no you should avoid that one I absolutely love interviews like this one, which give you so much useful advice for your own life. And if it's helped you, this is an invitation to join my inner circle. It will give you exclusive access to a host of things, expert written articles, nutritious, delicious recipes, your own members hub newsletter, podcast plus, and also products and discounts decided by me for you. For one very small investment, it will help guide and support your health. If you use the code SAMCOMMUNITY, you can get 20% off your Inner Circle membership. Just head to www.sarahannmacklin.com. And you just made me think about another question. I don't know if this is something that, I mean, you definitely have thought about this. I use white wine vinegar or even apple cider vinegar in my dressings. So I miss like olive oil, lemon juice, vinegar put it all over my dinner. I mean, I'm obsessed with vinegar. That's great. Obsessed. Is that good for my glucose? Absolutely. You don't have to drink yes. it. So I'm kind of balancing out now. You can make, you know, you can make dressings, you can make teas. In my mm-hmm. book, I have mocktails and hot teas and fun fun ways to incorporate vinegar into your mm-hmm. diet. It doesn't have to be drinking it. I think it's just... The, the image of the vinegar drinking has become quite <laughs> iconic, but you don't have to do that. You can just Where put it on your food. Where did that start from? I don't know. You know, it's been, it's, interestingly, it's been used for a very long time yeah. in many different cultures. And it's, all of my hacks sort of have that in common, that mm. these are not groundbreaking things. These are actually cultural traditions, common sense. Our grandmothers used to do this. Mm-hmm. You know, in Iran, for example, everybody makes their own apple cider vinegar in each family and have, they just drink it all day because they just know culturally it's been told that it's good for them. Mm-hmm. And now we understand scientifically why these things are powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now bring so it into modern. So drink it or drizzle it or um, turn it into a hot tea, a mocktail. And then week three of the glucose goddess method is actually doing exactly what you just mentioned, which is adding vinegar to a veggie starter. Mm, okay. Talk to me about the veggie starter. Yeah. Veggies contain an amazing substance called... Fiber. I was thinking fiber. I was going to go polyphenols then. But yeah, fiber. but also that. <laughs> fiber. <laughs> and I love fiber. She's like a superwoman to me. And fiber, when you eat it at the beginning of a meal, mm-hmm. what it does is that so you're eating, let's say, a broccoli, which vegetables contain a lot of fiber. So you eat the broccoli, yum, 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 yum. It goes to your, <laughs> to your stomach <laughs> and then your upper intestine. And in your upper intestine, the fiber in the broccoli then creates a protective viscous mesh on the walls of your intestine. So superwoman fiber creates a protective shield and it stays in place for a little while. And then any glucose molecules coming down from, let's say, spaghetti during the rest of your meal or, you know, chocolate, again, me with the chocolate, those glucose molecules, when they arrive in your upper intestine, because of the protective mesh, Mm. they're not going to go through to your bloodstream as quickly as they usually would, therefore reducing the Mm. spike. The protective barrier. God, fiber is amazing. I have Mm -hmm. been saying for three years. How do we make fiber sexy? I feel like this could be a baton I might pass to you. <laughs> and 2024, can you make that happen? Absolutely. Listen, I'm all over it. I think I think fiber is awesome. And then if you combine this concept of a veggie starter with mm-hmm. a vinegar dressing, mm-hmm. you're getting two hacks in one. Amazing. So it's really, it's, it's, fa- it's just fabulous. It's fabulous. So week three of the method, you add a veggie starter once a day. Miss the bread basket. I'm just thinking about people going out because they'll be like, well, I say that, but I'm talking for myself here, sorry. You know, you're ordering your drink, your bread basket comes, and then you go, I'm going to have my veggie starter. But it's actually like, no, 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 no. 
I'm going to have my veggie starter. Before the bread. Before the bread. Yep. Have the bread afterwards. That's the thing. That's the thing. And it's difficult. I mm. get it. But try to just make that small change and it's going to help you so much. Because if you start the meal with the bread, that starch turns to glucose, glucose spike. And then about 90 minutes after you started eating the bread, you get that crash. Mm. And so if you're still at the restaurant, that's exactly the moment when you want to order dessert. Mm. And in fact, if I owned a restaurant... I would make sure people ate a lot of bread at the beginning of the meal because it would make them hungrier and more likely to order dessert 90 minutes later. So I think it's a big conspiracy. Mm. Yeah, big conspiracy. Okay, skip the bread till after, Mm -hmm. but you can have it. And then four. Okay, so fourth week is movement. Mm -hmm. So during the fourth week of the method, you simply add 10 minutes of movement after one meal a day. You don't have to go to the gym. You don't have to go lift 100 kilos. You don't have to run a marathon. I'm just talking simple movement because as you move, Mm. your muscles burn glucose for energy. And so we can use that to our advantage. If you move after eating, some of the glucose from the meal will be used by your body for fuel instead of creating a glucose spike. Wow. So simple stuff. For example, walking for 10 minutes, Mm -hmm. cleaning your apartment, dishes, Laundry, I mean, we all have to tidy, right? Mm-hmm. Just tidy your tidy your home. Mm-hmm. You can dance to some songs. You can do some calf raises at your desk. So simply... Someone told me this about a year ago. Yeah. To just lift my calves yep. after I'm eating, even if I'm in a restaurant. Exactly, because your I calves have an awesome muscle called the soleus muscle, mm-hmm. which is very good at soaking up glucose from the bloodstream. Mm. So lots of simple ways of executing this. And by the end of the four weeks of the method, so savory breakfast, Mm -hmm. vinegar, veggie starter, and movement all once a day, you feel like a different person. Mm. Your glucose is finally steady. Mm -hmm. When most of us are living on this glucose roller coaster on a daily basis. So yeah, it's it's wonderful. And um, as you were mentioning, I ran an experiment you did. I'm, I had to make sure I got this in. <laughs> so I'm of, so impressed with you, lady. Thank you. So all the hacks are, of course, backed by uh, clinical trials and studies done throughout the world, but they're not my original research. Mm-hmm. And for the method, I wanted to run a little experiment of having people go through the four-week method before the book was published, so mm-hmm. I could put the numbers in there, um, so that I could sort of gather some data. Now, for any scientist listening, there was no placebo, there was no control group, it was not randomized, etc. So it is so not... I'm so happy you just said that because I know the backlash that will come. This is not a randomized control trial. No, no, it's, a, it's an experiment. It's an experiment. It is literally an experiment. But can I also just say, before you tell that, it's an experiment, but you've also managed to interact with 11,000 people who originally signed up to start thinking about changing their diet. Just that is an amazing thing. Thank just you. to start thinking and having the conversation... You know, I think that is something that no one can argue is not great. Yeah. It's fantastic. You've Thanks started you, people thinking about it. And, you know, with my books, I mean, I've reached even more people than mm-hmm. that. So it's been it's my greatest joy and honor to, to be able to think that my work is helping people actually start the habit change because that's mm-hmm. the hardest part. Mm-hmm. You know you should be mm-hmm. eating better, exercising more, whatever, but actually doing it, mm-hmm. that's where my passion lies. Mm-hmm. How do you enable behavior change? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so 11,000 people signed up, 3,000 people finished the four-week method during this experiment. And, you know, the results were amazing. We have like 90% of people reduce their cravings. 89% of people have more energy. So many more people sleep better, reverse their diabetes. I had three women 
get pregnant during the four weeks of the study, even though they were no longer ovulating and they were being told they would have to do IVF. Yeah, because oh insulin resistance. Yeah, because insulin resistance is very linked to infertility. So anyway, it's just like it's so powerful and it's so easy and anybody can do it. Mm-hmm. And so for me, this should be taught in schools. These four, 100%. these four things should just be taught so that they become habits like brush your teeth, drink water. Starting young. It's the biggest thing, yeah. I think. So when I was young, and I, I've mentioned this a couple of times, I'm quite excited about to do this, Supermarket Sweep. It Let's was do the, it. It was the program that if you do live in the UK and you are So how did it work? 30s, so it was Dale Winton. So he was a quite, you know, a daytime evening pre- presenter. And... He used to come in with his trolley and he used to run around and he used to try and grab as many things off the supermarket shelves as you could. But for a specific budget? For Was it for a specific? God, I can't actually remember what it was for now. All I remember is them running around with crazy trolleys. I don't know. I can't remember. <laughs> um, but anyway, I've done a supermarket sweep of the things that I think most people might be popping into their supermarket baskets. Okay. And I wanted us just to, and we've already kind of started it. The temptation was too strong. But, so we've done the fruit and fiber, but, and we've done the oat milk. But I just want to pick on a couple more things here that might be a regular occurrence, but could be harming our glucose. Let's do it, girl. So let's do it. So I have picked up, now it's, it's actually clementine juice, but it's never from concentrated, 100% squeezed juice with juicy bits. So, <laughs> yeah. So basically orange juice. But a lot of people will think yeah. in the supermarket, mm-hmm. okay, I'm going to go for the stuff that's got the pulp in because that's the healthy option. Mm-hmm. Jesse. Okay, so, um, so many things to say about this. First of all, you know, they have the green thing and they have the never from concentrate, 100% juice. Like they're trying to make you think this is really good for you and this is why mm-hmm. we need regulation. Mm-hmm. This actually has as much sugar in it as a can of Coca-Cola. Wow. And it is the same for your body as a can of Coca-Cola. That's Which is Coke here, Zero. it's Coke Zero. No, no, no. So imagine a regular can of next. Coke, 25 grams of sugar, same thing in the can of Coke. And the thing is, your body does not differentiate whether the sugar is coming from clementine or from beetroot and then turn into Coca-Cola. This is as bad for you as a can of Coke. And I know people are going to go crazy about this, but it is true. So fruit, first of all, you need to know that the fruit that we find today in supermarkets is not natural. It's actually... Well, whole fruit. uh Uh-huh. It's actually the outcome of thousands of years of selective breeding to make really juicy, really easy to eat pieces of fruit. So if you compare, for example, an ancestral apple... Mm. to a current day apple. The ancestral apple is the size of a cherry. It's very tart and it's very full of fiber and seeds and difficult to eat. Modern day apples are just like this dessert. Mm -hmm. Super easy to eat, super juicy, super sweet, like just fantastic, right? For our taste buds in our Mm -hmm. brain. But they are not natural. In the same way that humans have bred gray wolves into chihuahuas, right? Because chihuahua is not a natural breed of animal. All of the fruit today is also the result of selective breeding. So mm. that's step one. Mm-hmm. However, whole fruit also contains water and fiber. So if you want to eat something sweet, a piece of whole fruit is actually a really good idea. Blueberries? Yeah, great. I've got them here. Much better these, to eat that than to eat good. a cookie. Yeah, okay, yeah. great. The problem occurs when you denature mm. a piece of fruit. If you take that apple and you juice it, you're removing all the fiber. You're concentrating all the sugar. And when you make juice, you're just making sugar water. Mm. 
So this is what not healthy. What would you healthy. say? I know people are going to be shouting at this. I've got to put it in there. Not that I don't disagree with you. What would you say to people that are like, this is better than Coke because it's got vitamins in? I would say, if I added some vitamins to a can of Coke, would you find it healthy? Uh, listen, I mean, it's just wild and we've been brainwashed into thinking that fruit juice is good for us. Mm -hmm. If you love fruit juice and you don't want to stop drinking it, think about it as dessert, mm -hmm. as you would... You know, a slice of pie. Mm -hmm. It's full of sugar. Have it at the end of a meal. Never mm -hmm. start your day with this. Mm -hmm. And listen, if you feel great, your health is in perfect shape, you feel better, you know, than everybody around you, then don't listen to me. You know, I have nothing to teach you. But if your health could improve and you think you could feel better than you currently do, and you'd love to have more energy and just feel a little bit better in your clothes, well, try to cut out the sugar at breakfast. And don't the juice. have that to start yeah. your day. Sarah, I'm so sorry to cut in, but since Live Well Be Well is all about health and well-being, I need to tell you what great mental shape I'm in today. Since we started producing this podcast, it seems that you've been on quite a health journey. And seeing you blossom honestly fills me with joy. My sleep cycle's on point. My gut microbiome is in better shape than ever. I'm even doing HIIT workouts. Can you believe it? But the reason I rudely interrupted this interview is to tell you about the adaptogenic coffee that you've suggested to me earlier this week, which contains lion's mane mushroom and rhodiola. Two things I personally don't know much about. Perhaps you can enlighten me. Science shows that lion's mane mushroom is known to improve memory, mental clarity, concentration, and overall, just your brain health. And rhodiola is a powerful adaptogen known for its effects on stress levels and brain functioning. Okay, that's all sounding very exciting indeed. And I can confirm these shroomy coffees are absolutely delicious. And they come in these single sachets, which is incredibly convenient. But I don't really understand what makes them so special. So what exactly is adaptogenic coffee? The medicinal mushrooms and coffee are probably one of the most perfect pairings. You get all the benefits of regular coffee, which we do love, whilst minimising any side effects. So why does this happen? I know you're going to ask. Caffeine is a nootropic. It increases our alertness and our attention. But many of us will have experienced the increased levels of the stress hormone cortisol, which results in, sadly, the jitters, and anxiety. This has 100% worked wonders for me this week. So where can people get them? Okay, so if you want to try these at home, we have a special discount code from the amazing brand London Nootropics. And they have three different blends to choose from. So listen up, Sam. Here is your mix. You can have Zen. It's probably the most balancing. It's great if you're caffeine sensitive. Then you've got Mojo. This is perfect for that natural boost. If you're feeling a bit fatigued, it makes a really good pre-workout because of the cordyceps and also, get this, the Siberian ginseng. And my favourite to experience the effects of lion's mane and rhodiola, get yourself some of the flow blend. We've got a bit of a treat for the listeners, right? A discount code? Yes, we do, Sam. And I know that you love it because you love a discount. So all you need to do is use the code LIVEWELLBEWELL to get... 20% off at londonutropics.com. A box of each blend is only £15, so you're kind of getting a very good deal here. And subscriptions start at £12 a month, delivered straight to your door. I do want to do a little bit about understanding labels in a minute, because I think, as I, I, I am, as I'm reading this out, I'm like, wow, my fruit and fibre is high in superior fibre. 
this is rich in vitamin C. You know, you are naturally just drawn to thinking, of course there's confusion. Here's a really easy tip. If it says on the packaging anything like this, it's not good for you. It's mm. trying to hide something, right? If it says like high in fiber, 100% this, 100% natural, no added sugars, which doesn't mean there's no sugar in this. Like this is, this is a no added sugars product because the sugar comes from the raw ingredients. It hasn't mm. been added during manufacturing. Mm -hmm. So anytime there's marketing on the front of the label and it's, you know, screaming something healthy to you, it usually means it's dessert and it's not actually that good for you. And you should have it as for pleasure, not for health. Okay, so I know I pulled this over, but it was zero Coca-Cola. You know, think about Pepsi Max. Thoughts on this? Better than regular Coke for you. Definitely not something I would recommend over water or tea or coffee, mm -hmm. but better than regular Coke. So view on sweeteners. Not good for you, but better than, re than real sugar. Really? Yeah. Not about, you know, the WHO, the regulation oh, yeah, guidelines, the carcinogenic. What do you think? Well, first of all, those studies are not, they're not perfect. Mm. Okay, they look at high levels of aspartame. Of course, aspartame is not good for you. Like, mm -hmm. I'm not saying the, the contrary. But if you compare the impact of this much aspartame versus 25 grams of real sugar, the 25 grams of real sugar are going to be more detrimental to your health than the sweetener. Mm. If somebody is drinking Coke Zero, Never should anybody say, oh, you should go back to regular Coke. Never, 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 never. That's a really bad idea. Mm -hmm. But of course it's not good for you. Yeah. I mean, of course it's, it, it's not good. But... But it doesn't harm our glucose spikes, which is what we're talking about today. Yeah, it doesn't harm our glucose spikes. Um, it doesn't have as big of an inflammatory effect. It doesn't have the same impact on your microbiome and your brain. Of course, sweeteners are not good for you, but the effects of 25 grams of sugar are worse. Are worse. Yeah. And I think that's something that I really want to lay out. I don't know if you remember this, but there was a massive part in the UK which looked at clean eating oh, okay. for ages. Mm. And what happened was there was a huge rise in, and I think you know, plant-based diets, fantastic. I have nothing against plant-based diets. I eat, very, I eat heavily plant-based myself. But there was things like sweet potato brownies, mm. lots of dates in, in foods. And people were complaining, actually, they weren't losing weight, they were gaining weight. Mm. But also, again, all of the things that you mentioned, like the blood sugar roller coaster. Can we just, while we're on this topic with, with you know, we've got Coke here and we've got orange juice here. Yeah. This is a sweetener. This is a, this is a, a fructose, but a sugar. Understanding that just because it's fruit, and even if it's placed in like a banana bread or a brownie, is it different to white sugar? Because this is what I think is the being The molecules are the demonized. same. But, mm -hmm. you know, you could argue that a date is better for you than just white sugar because the date still contains some fiber in it. So it's all about kind of the matrix, you know. Mm -hmm. But look, if you look, okay, imagine, imagine this is regular Coke and this is orange juice, okay. They both contain 25 grams of sugar. In the Coke, the sugar comes from beetroot or cane, which is also a plant. Mm -hmm. And in the orange juice, it comes from an orange, also a plant. Both of these mm. drinks have a similar impact on your body because your body doesn't care whether the sugar came from an orange or a beetroot. It's just responding to the molecules. Mm -hmm. As soon as the sugar is put in water like this and it's freely going to go into your bloodstream in two seconds, it's going to have the same neg negative impact. And that's just really important to understand, right? Mm -hmm. That any sugar has the same impact yeah. biochemically in our body. And so what I say is pick the sugar that you like. Mm. 
honey, maple syrup, agave, brown sugar, white sugar. Just have the one you enjoy because there's not one that's better for you than the other. Mm -hmm. They're all there for, for pleasure, not for health. They're all there to make us just feel great. Yeah, dopamine, the dopamine. So I've got two different things here. I'm quite interested to hear what your thoughts are on this. So this is simple almond butter. Literally, it's just got almonds in, I think. Just double check that one. You've eaten this. Yeah, this is, I'm, this is, half of this is from my cupboard at home. Yummy. Um, this one is a peanut butter, which I'm trying to have a look. Peanuts, 99.3%, sea salt, 0.7. Okay. So, verdict. Um, they're both good because when you're looking at a nut butter, you want to see that the ingredients is just pure nuts. Here's a bit of sea salt, but that's fine. What you want to avoid is a nut butter that says peanuts, sugar or almonds, honey, right? As long as it's unsweetened, mm -hmm. it's perfectly fine for you. Okay, so these ones in my cupboard that Good. I feel very happy that I brought in. I was like, am I going to go under the firing line here? No. So these I ones love are nut butter. It's, it's great. And so I'm just thinking about this, right? This is how I like to eat mine. Bring this. Let's bring this over. Uh -huh. Right, so this is sourdough. Yeah. This is <laughs> Hovis. Tasty whole milk. Milk. So we've basically got two different types of bread here. Now, yeah. this is naturally how you probably have your peanut butter yes. on toast. So Differences. They're both starch. Mm -hmm. Okay. They're both bread. Mm -hmm. However, the sourdough is better for you. It's better for your gut. It's better for your glucose. It's better for your microbiome. Mm -hmm. But still, it's bread. So I would always recommend adding some clothing to it, which is what you're doing with adding protein and fat and fiber from the nut butter. And yeah. why? Oh, because bread is pure starch. And okay. so starch breaks down to glucose in our body. Mm -hmm. And when you add some nut butter, you're adding molecules of protein, you're adding molecules of fat, and you're adding molecules of fiber. And when those mix with the bread, they slow down how quickly the glucose from the bread is going to make its way into your bloodstream. Mm. So it's all about eating the glucose, but making it arrive more slowly into your bloodstream so that you don't get the big spike and the big drop and the cravings and the addiction and the inflammation and the mitochondrial stress. Thinking about that, rice cakes. Mm. Slightly different to bread. Yes. Again, as long as the ingredients are simple, yeah, I mean, this is just rice and sea salt. Rice so is okay. a starch. So, again, this is going to break down to glucose, so always add some clothing to this. Mm -hmm. And nut butter is a great thing to add to it. Avocado, a slice of ham, some tuna, whatever, hummus. Make sure that when you eat starches, you're always putting clothing on them to reduce their spike. So that's the big thing. Yeah, that's the big thing. And then coming down to kind of two other things. Yum. Oh, I know. <laughs> I have to open it. <laughs> Two squares are missing. From, I mean, I, I need to say, because we're not, not everyone's watching this on YouTube, a touch of sea salt dark chocolate. Yeah, great. I mean, I'm not sure if this is dark chocolate, just by looking at the back. It's probably something like... But you know, when I see something like this that is so obviously a dessert, I don't mm. have any problem with it because it's not trying to tell you... It's not saying on the packaging, like, you know, high in fiber, good for you, healthy heart, whatever. It's like, yeah, yeah, girl, I'm chocolate. Like, mm. I'm dessert. Mm -hmm. And that's fine because when you eat this, you know it's for pleasure. Mm -hmm. I have no problem with this. As long as you're having the sugar after a meal to reduce the spike or you're having it before you go for a little walk or whatever, 
I have no philosophical problem with this at all because okay. it's not trying to trick you. Mm -hmm. Do you see the difference mm -hmm. between this and, for example, the Kellogg's box? Yeah, you're right. Which is trying to trick you. Fuels a healthy heart, high in fiber, yada, yada. Or the juice, mm. right? Pure juice, not from concentrates, but it has 25 grams of sugar in here. Mm -hmm. This is a very uh, dishonest product mm. and it's full of misleading marketing. This guy's just like, I'm chocolate. Enjoy yourself. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And so it's great. And does dark chocolate have less of a glucose spike than yes. milk chocolate? Yes. So there is the philosophy that I actually try and opt towards dark chocolate. <sighs> yes, but I think when you're eating chocolate or anything sweet, any dessert, just have the one mm. you like. Okay, I love that advice. <laughs> great, let's just not talk about that way anymore. But I love chocolate. Chocolate okay, is This is the last thing. I picked this up because it says sugar-free on it. Okay. And it's chewing gum. Wrigley's Extra Sugar-Free Chewing Gum. I'm wondering, does this make my glucose spike? No. No, because first of all, even if it was chewing gum with sugar, the amount of sugar in here would be so tiny that it wouldn't cause a big spike. Mm -hmm. But here, it indeed is just sweeteners that are not good for you, but don't cause a glucose spike. So we're good. And it says excessive consumption may produce laxative effects. <laughs> GI distress. I mean, that is, I think, the number yeah. one thing that we all know about yeah. having too much chewing gum. I'm not a big chewing gum person. You love chewing gum? Gosh. Yeah? So, you know, I'm really putting myself out there today, aren't I? Um, how did you manage to get all my bad habits out of me on, on, uh, on a podcast? <laughs> do you know what? I do. And I do you know why. So I think I, meant, I mention all the time I'm dyslexic. I know my listeners are bored of hearing about this but I remember my biochemist professor saying the one thing you can do that can really help you concentrate is chew gum huh. so I started chewing gum and it helped and it helped oh cool so I needed to do everything I could to try and concentrate to get through my exams yeah. and so one of the things that I did along mm. with having lots of rosemary to help with my memory yeah. was chewing gum great and now I have a lot of gum. I don't think it's the most attractive thing but I do find it really helpful great so Good That's why I added that to the list. Awesome. And now I know I'm fine with not harming my glucose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. And you know, you gotta, you, you can't be perfect all the time. You have to pick your, pick your you vices. You have to pick your battles. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't drink alcohol, but I eat sugar all the time, you know. And I'm, I'm okay with that. You have to, you have to pick, your, pick your vices. So let's go on to alcohol, actually. Yeah. I think this is really important because, you know, a lot of people have a love-hate relationship with alcohol. Mm -hmm. How should we be looking at alcohol with mm. our glucose? Well, alcohol is not good for you, right? It's a poison. Mm. There's no alcohol that is good for you. We now understand that even one glass of wine, whereas before we thought, oh, a glass a week is good for your heart. Now we know the best amount of alcohol for your health is zero. So when you're drinking alcohol, it's for enjoyment and pleasure, okay? Mm. That's not where your health happens. Mm. Do you see what I mean? So really, so there's no evidence to say that one glass of wine is good for you. No, now we know for sure that zero alcohol is the best for your health. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But, you know, one glass of wine a week is not going to kill you at all. Mm. But if you really want to know, the best alcohols for your glucose are going to be wine or hard spirits mixed with mm -hmm. soda water and lemon. If you have beer, if you have cocktails, that's going to be worse for your glucose. But again, like if you're having a margarita, you know it's not good for your health. So just have the margarita. Just, yeah, I mean, that is I my mean, drink of choice. I don't know. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like reading your mind here. How do you know <laughs> so all of these oat things? milk, chewing gum, <laughs> margarita. Cool. Yeah, and dark chocolate. Oh, yeah, dark chocolate. You pretty much summed me up. And a bit of hummus in there. Nice. Um, so thinking about this in like really practical terms, I'm going traveling tomorrow. Yeah. So when this podcast will come out, 
I'd have gone to Patagonia. I used to travel all the time mm. as a model. I mean, sometimes like six days a week. Yeah. So I really understand when people struggle to eat well due to a busy life. Airport food is not the place to try and eat healthy. Yeah. It is hard. Yeah. Traveling, what's your protocol? Because you must now travel a lot. Mm-hmm. Have you made any amazing hacks on traveling and what yes, to eat? Yes, I think the savory breakfast really helps me so much because when you have a high-protein, savory breakfast, you're not going to be hungry for five or six hours. Mm. So you're not going to feel like you have to get something at the airport. Mm -hmm. But then I'm very conscious of the fact that having a veggie starter is very difficult when you're traveling. Mm. Sometimes you don't have, like, you're not going to take this almond butter in your bag with you. I mean, sometimes I actually have. (laughs) And this is something that my readers have asked me for a long time, and that's actually why I created Anti-Spike, so that you could have in your pocket these capsules to take when you're traveling, when you're busy, when you can't do the other hacks, Mm -hmm. and you want to eat whatever's around you with less impact on your glucose. So this is kind of my attempt at one answer to help people when... You're just at the airport, you're in the train, you're on the plane, and the only thing next to you is a bag of chips. And you just have to deal with it. Two capsules of anti-spike, minus 40% on the glucose spike. And that's hopefully going to be something that people are going to find helpful. Talk to me about the four ingredients that are in here. Ooh, it's very interesting. So the ingredients in anti-spike are not new. They are Mm -hmm. plants that have been around forever. So Mm -hmm. you have mulberry leaf, you have cinnamon, you have antioxidants, you have lemon. These are not groundbreaking new like scientific uh, crazy molecules but recently researchers across the world have found that these have a really good positive impact on your glucose levels wow so all these clinical trials were popping up and as i was trying to develop the best glucose supplement i came across these and i was like what the heck like why has nobody put this into a capsule yet we have to give this to people so 100 percent natural over 25 clinical trials showing not only immediate glucose spike reduction when you take it before a meal by up to 40%, but also when you take it every day, long-term benefit to your fasting glucose level, to your insulin resistance, and increase in GLP-1, which is the hormone that Ozempic acts on. Let's talk about that. Okay, well, um, very interesting. The What's cr- your thoughts? <sighs> I have so many. <laughs> um, well, first of all, it is quite mad that we live in a world where we need appetite suppressant drugs to help us navigate the food landscape we live in mm-hmm. like what a what a sad state of affairs that the the food landscape is so messed up mm-hmm. and we are all eating processed junk that is making us so hungry and so sick that we need a drug to combat the effects of the processed food. So mm-hmm. that makes me sad. Mm-hmm. First first emotion towards it is sadness. Second emotion towards it is interest. People want solutions. Mm-hmm. They want something to help them mm-hmm. to feel less hungry, mm-hmm. okay, and to easily lose weight and to be able to resist of the food temptations around us and mm-hmm. the and the cookies and the and the and the juice and the Coca-Cola, etc. What's interesting about Ozempic, so there's this hormone in your body called GLP-1, and you're a biochemist, so you know all about this, but GLP-1 tells your brain that you are full. And mm-hmm. so you stop eating. You know that feeling after a big meal where you're like, I cannot, and your aunt is like, have another slice of pie. And you're like, I cannot. Like, I physically cannot, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. One of the reasons you feel that way is because of GLP-1. Satiety. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so Ozempic doesn't actually increase GLP-1. It just tricks your brain into thinking there's more, more GLP-1 around. So it's tricking your brain to thinking 
that you have this hormone flooding your system. With anti-spike, what's actually happening is that you're retraining your microbiome to produce naturally more GLP-1. So it's actually increasing GLP-1 in a very natural way. Other ways to increase GLP-1 in a natural way are eating more vegetables. Great. What do you think about Ozempic? <sighs> I'm like, how long do I have? Do you know what? I mean, I really love the two points that you put out. One, I'm so sad that we live in food deserts where there is just not enough options yeah. for healthy food yeah. that's out there. Yeah. Secondly, I mean, I am very protective over disordered eating. Um, and I think already we're putting out this to the world where there is not enough clinical trials. And what we do know from the clinical trials is that when you take them and you come off them, all of the effects on why people are going on them for weight loss, you only regain that weight. And you feel very sick and Aww. very nauseous. And so you either make a decision to carry on with a very, I think £2,000 a month, to carry on paying £2,000 a month, which is a lot of money, a lot of money there. To feel sick every day, mm. to have nauseous every day. That's your symptom to look good. And then when you come off it, you regain all of that weight. I mean, psychologically, I think about this as a complete car crash. It's a complete car crash. You're basically giving people not the choice. You're basically saying once you go on this, you're either on it for good and you have quite a crap quality of life. It's a trap, yeah. Or you come off it and you're going to start yo-yoing. And we know that you know, think about the dieting curve and how it is, you constantly want to strive to get back there. And so what happens, you probably create a really disordered relationship with food. You probably get into debt because you want to keep paying this £2,000 a month. And the only person who's profiting is not you. It's the pharma company. It's the pharma companies. And you know, whether or not you take it, it doesn't prevent you from learning these key principles to, mm -hmm. to learn how to nourish yourself in a mm -hmm. good way mm -hmm. so that when you do come off it you're not actually going to go back to all of your other habits. And hopefully it's going to be... Because I can imagine for some people, they take it for a few months. And then they're like, okay, I'm ready. I'm changing my life. I want new habits. So they use the hacks. And it could possibly turn into something good. Mm. But I think for most, it's not going to be that. I also think about the micronutrient deficiencies that kind of come along with this, right? Like every time we're taking another thing that we inject ourselves with, are we nourishing our bodies? Like we kind of forget that food is actually fuel. Yeah. so important for us that like you just made a statement like 60% of our brain is made of glucose mm -hmm. like we need to fuel it with the right food and actually like with the advice we're giving is like take this injection I think it's I just think the conversation is just really sad around it and also diet culture and because of course when there's a medical reason to take it like that's not what we're talking about we're right? not we're talking, talking about, about any of that we're talking about the vanity reason to take it and the obsession with thinness and diet culture and all the pressure when there is women to be extremely thin even if that's not just not how our body is it's meant to be yeah yeah so i think it's kind of it's a really complex topic mm -hmm. but i don't i struggle to see many positives on that landscape yeah. I mean, I'd love you guys to write in and let us know what you think, but that's something that... Yeah, let us know in the comments what you think, actually. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to know that. And I think kind of, we've kind of gone through this whole landscape of what you've done, the success, you know, your second book, the amazing product that you've just created, understanding what glucose is, but like, we haven't got to the whole point of why you're on this mission. Why? Oh, yeah. Why are you on this mission? <laughs> Well, I honestly never thought I would be talking about glucose all day. Like nobody, I don't have diabetes. Nobody in my family is diabetic. But somehow it just really changed my life. So when I was younger, I had a lot of mental health issues after mm -hmm. an accident. 
And for years, I just didn't know what to do to feel better. Mm -hmm. I didn't understand how my physical health and my mental health were connected mm. until I had the opportunity to wear a continuous glucose monitor, which started teaching me that the days during which I had more glucose spikes, my mental health was worse. And the days where my glucose levels were steady, I felt better. Wow. Yeah. So it, it came out of a personal journey to just try to feel okay in my body. And Can then, I ask yeah. what made you... When was this? It was in 2019, actually. What made you... Because I know that's only a few years ago, but back then, glucose monitors still weren't so really spoken I was, about. Yeah, no, I was working in Silicon Valley in California, and we mm -hmm. were always testing at the company. I was working at testing new devices, new trends. So it was purely random. Like, I just didn't really have any expectations. I just raised my hand when they asked for volunteers. It was the universe guiding me, for sure. Serendipity. For sure. It was that. And then I thought, you know, this is important. I'm passionate about the topic. I want to share it. But mm -hmm. for years, I had no idea, you know, how to build a business out of this. It was just me posting on Instagram my glucose graphs to try to educate. Mm -hmm. And then it really caught on because, well, first of all, I worked really freaking hard to try to make good education content on science. And it really helped people. And so I had opportunities, you know, to write this book, these books. And it really took off. And I found... I found a purpose in this, mm. you know, I found a purpose and it became my whole life. Like, this mm -hmm. is what I do full time now. I talk about glucose full time. But it's freaking amazing. Thank you. And I am as passionate about mental health yeah. as you from kind of my own journey. And, you know, part the whole part of this podcast is centered around physical yeah. and mental health. Totally. You know, kind of the lasting line is why is glucose so impactful on mental health? Because so many of us struggle with different types of mental health conditions, maybe mental health disorders, or even just stress, yeah. right? People think of mental health as just an illness, and it's not. And I think it's something that I talk about all the time. We all have mental health, yeah. right? Well, because your brain also is fueled by glucose, and mm. the cells in your brain also feel the mitochondrial stress, the glycation, the insulin resistance, and therefore it creates different mental states. Mm -hmm. And... If you struggle with mental health, it's very important to look at your diet and try to keep your glucose level steady as much as you can to help your brain have a better baseline. Mm -hmm. I think getting your book, trying these four hacks. Yes, it's a good place to start. Just And also maybe just I always try to encourage my patients just to start writing down how they feel after Absolutely. they eat as well. Absolutely. And if you don't, if you can't afford my book, have a look at my Instagram, Glucose Goddess. There's thousands of pieces of free content there, and that's where you can start. So, lastly, Jesse, yeah, when I ask all of my guests, mm -hmm. and I wonder what this is going to be for you, what does live well, be well mean to you? It means waking up in the morning and going to bed at night feeling content, feeling self-compassion, feeling gratitude, and feeling like. You're being the best version of yourself that you can be. You said one of my favorite words. I know I did. <laughs> <laughs> so which one was it? You'll you know later. You'll have to wait and see. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you, Sarah, for having the show. Me.